Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Yesterday was my father's birthday. He would have been 89. He's in heaven now. He grew up in the 40s and the 50s. He was a teenager in the 40s and 50s and actually graduated from college in 56. He had sayings. Uh, if you have you had dads, you know dads had sayings. Stuff dads, dads would say. And one of his sayings was in the morning, he wouldn't say good morning. Whenever he woke us up, he was like up and at him. That was his saying, up, up and at him. Let's like seize the day. It was up and at him. I never heard my father cuss. He's a very moral man, very upright man. I, he, never, he never drank, never smoked, never cussed. But he would say, Dad, burn it. <laughs> that was his word. Dad, burn it. He would say, that's, that's about as tough as it got. He had another saying, though. I bet you'll know this one. I would come in complaining sometimes about things or talking about life and it just wasn't working out. He said, son, when the going gets tough, yeah, I think your dad had that same one too, everyone. <laughs> and I remember thinking, sometimes I just don't feel that tough. But this morning, I want to talk about when the going gets tough. Because we thank God we have got answers and we've got solutions. And we don't have to crater when the going gets tough. We can keep on going. And not because we're so tough, it's because we belong to someone who's stronger and greater and bigger and better. And we're connected to him, and that makes all the difference in the world. So I think this will encourage you this morning if you're going through tough times. I know maybe there's no one here. I'm probably talking to the online audience that's going through tough times. But, the, you know, the real fact of the matter is everybody goes through tough times. You've ever looked at someone's life and go, oh, their life is perfect. Everything about their life is perfect. Stop looking at Facebook and realize that what people, what people show... We have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. And we don't know a lot of times what's in someone's heart or what they're dealing with. And so don't think everyone's got it better. All of us go through tough times. But what do we do? When things get tough, different ways of responding to tough, various different responses. You want to avoid these. Some people get very discouraged when they go through tough times. Very common. They just get down. You say, how are you doing, man? I'm just going through a tough time. And uh, man, they're just down. You can see it when they come in, they're down. And uh, I've been there, done that. There was a, a lady that a number of years ago had a little parakeet named Chippy. Chippy was a happy little parakeet. He used to sing, sit on his swing and he'd swing and he'd sing. He was happy. And one day she was cleaning and she, she had the vacuum cleaner and she decided that instead of changing his cage, she would just vacuum out the bottom of his cage. And so she, she pulled the nozzle off and she was vacuuming out the cage and the phone rang. And when she turned to get the phone, just involuntarily, she turned the nozzle up. And little Chippy went <laughs> right in through the nozzle. She screamed. She, she cared about that bird more than I care about Joyce bird, but she cared about that <laughs> about that bird. And uh, so she opened the dust bag up and Chippy is alive, but he's covered in just 
soot and grime. And she's like, oh, her heart felt so bad. She grabbed the little bird and she went out and she did the only thing she could think of, went to the bathroom, turned the bathtub faucet on and just blasted Chippy with cold, ice cold water. So she got him all cleaned off and then he's clean. But then you look at little Chippy and he's shivering. And so she grabbed the hairdryer and she blew him and just... Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. <laughs> and you know what happens is a lot of times some of you, some of us feel like we have been blasted with cold water, then got the hair dry, we've been sucked into life and lost our song. Some people, when they go through tough times, they escape. And that can range anything from binge watching to, to it can go to just hobbies and things that they throw themselves into being busy and really what they're doing is simply escaping the difficult times and of course it could really run the range to maybe where people abuse alcohol or drugs and they're just trying to get out of the difficult times and then of course there's fear when things get tough sometimes people get fearful and uh, and the problem with being fearful is it can it can paralyze us where we don't do anything or it can cause us to project the worst case scenario. And we begin to speak those things in our life. But you know, there's another way to do this. And if you've got a relationship with the Lord, you, you have another way of dealing and responding to tough times. David, who probably went through as much tough times as anybody, and I love to read the Psalms. If, you, if you've never read the Psalms, especially if you're going through a difficult time, I would really encourage you. Read the Psalms because you hear David and you hear him talk about some of his difficult times, but he seems like he always gets back to a good place where he's trusting in God. This is what he says in Psalm 34, one of my very favorite Psalms. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You see, when you go through tough times, it's so easy to get focused on the tough times that we forget who we're connected to that we can actually seek the Lord. You say, well, how do, how do I seek the Lord? You can begin to read his word. You hear his voice in his word. You can pray and talk to him. And you have to believe that he will hear you. So that's a key. You got to believe he will hear you. And then you have to believe that he can deliver you from whatever you're dealing with. See, but that, that's so much help. It's so easy sometimes. I was just, I was thinking about some things I was dealing with just this past week. And I heard some things and they, they weren't good news and it was bothering me and was, until I stopped and thought, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've got a God I can go to and he can hear me and he can help. Last year about this time in Fort Pierce, Florida, a mayday came in over the air traffic control of the little airport there. Evidently, a, a young man was in a, a, a small plane and the pilot just passed out, completely passed out. And uh, he, got on the, he got on the radio and began to call in a mayday. And Robert Morgan was, was outside reading a book and one of his coworkers called down and says, Robert, there's a young man who the pilot is incapacitated. There's a young man who needs your help here. He's never flown before. Well, Robert Morgan was just the guy who needed to be there. He had 20 years as an air traffic controller and he, had, he was a flight instructor. 1,200 hours of being a flight instructor. He was exactly the kind of guy. So he gets up there and he said, I knew I had to keep him calm. He said, and I knew I had to, he had, the plane was flying. So I knew I had to help him decrease his speed and just point him to the runway. 
so he could land the plane. And Robert Morgan walked this young man step by step to where the plane landed safely. In fact, Robert went out there, met him on the tarmac and hugged him. And this man was just so grateful. And he said, you know, he couldn't wait to get home and, and hug his pregnant wife. Walked him all the way through. And I thought about that. I thought, that was a smart guy. You know, when the, when the pilot goes out, he didn't go, well, I guess that's life. <laughs> he's, in, he's, on the, he's getting some help. He's calling, can anybody help me? And then when the instructions began, began to come through, he was listening to somebody who knew more than he did, someone who could see more than he did, someone who knew how to land the plane. Listen, when the turbulence hits, when you don't feel like you've got any pilot, we've got someone who's been in the tower a lot longer than 20 hours, and he can walk us through and help us. David, David said it this, he said, man, he said, I called on the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. The disciples give us a great example of what not to do when things get tough. And uh, this was a, an experience that all of them talk about. We'll read Mark's version of it here. So on the same day when evening had come, he, that's Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Catch that. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern to sleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, well, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey? The disciples, I love these guys, but they give us a great example of what not to do. <laughs> Jesus gave a directive. Jesus said, we are going, he said, let us cross over to the other side. What they did not really, I, I, I don't think they understood, was the power in Jesus' words. Yeah. That Jesus never said something that did not come to pass. Remember, he spoke to dead people, he spoke to trees. He multiplied. Everything he said happened. So he did not say, let's go to the middle of the lake and sink and die. He said, let's go to the other side. But then when a great wind began to, a great windstorm hit, man, the waves started coming in the boat. We got a situation here. We got a problem. I was thinking, I think it was last year on Lake Conroe where, the, where the, like a microburst hit. And remember the, the, the wind and the waves came up and capsized the boat and the, uh, uh, an older man perished there. And, and just a few years ago in Branson, one of those duck boats went down on a lake. You think some, sometimes, man, those, the wind can, it can pick up and the waves can come in. It get a little scary. But this time, he said, it was a great windstorm and there are waves and they are filling the boat. And these are fishermen and the boats weren't as stable then as they are now. And these fishermen, man, some of them are like, huh, this is not good. And their response was fear. Now here's how they responded. They, first they went to Jesus and they went and he was sleeping. And you think, how in the world can anyone sleep through a storm? Ask my darling wife <laughs> who slept all the way through Ike. Whole storm hit. Joy slept the whole time. I heard every tree branch snap. I heard every wind. Joy, she was out. <laughs> 
Jesus is asleep. He's asleep and, and they wake him up and this is what they said. Do you not care? Wrong. And the second thing is, we're dying here. Perishing. We don't use the word perish much. Basically, they're like, Jesus, you don't care that we're dying out here. We are dying. And Jesus, his response indicated that's not how they needed to respond. Because Jesus gets up, and first he, he speaks to the wind and the waves, gets everything calmed down. Then he doesn't turn to these guys and go, that was a bad storm, guys. Y'all okay? Everybody good? Everybody good? It's not what he said. He said, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? Now, guys, I've been reading the Bible for years. I've always wondered, why in the world would Jesus say that? Because this was the very first time that he'd ever spoken to the wind and the waves and everything calmed down. So surely he didn't expect them to do that. What did he expect from them? Because he, he chastised them. He said, Where's, come on, guys. Why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? Because here's what they could have done. They could have responded differently in tough times. They could have said, Lord, you said we're going to the other side, so we're going to the other side. We got a situation here. What do you want us to do? Lord, we got a situation here. We need your help. There were other ways that they could have responded as opposed to, you don't care and we're dying. And so what you see, so what he wanted from them was not that they would calm it, but they would look to him and go, Jesus, we're in the middle of a storm, sir. It's not a good one. How are we going to get to the other side? Because you said we're going to the other side. And if you said we're going to the other side, we are going to the other side. How's it going to happen? And Jesus could have said, I got an answer here for you. Y'all, waves, wind, shut up, calm down. Boom. And it's over. But they, they panicked. And so as I look at those guys, I'm like, okay, I, I get it now. It's how you respond in tough times. So what do we do when times get tough? How, how, do, how do we respond to it? So let me give you some things that we can learn. We can learn what to do because we saw what not to do. Here's the first thing is, we need to believe that God's words are powerful. Powerful. First Thessalonians, Paul was writing to the church and he wrote this. He's talking about God's word. He said, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. We have to believe that God's word is stronger and better than the words of men. We got a lot of words of men out there, but God's word never fails. Jesus said, heaven and earth are going to pass away. My words will never pass away. We base our eternity on his word. We base our trust in his word. And we need to take his words as powerful. And if we take his words as powerful, it gives us something to hold on to in the storm. There was a, a man a couple of years ago in Greece. His name was Ivan. Ivan was swimming, I think, Maitai Beach in Greece. And he was swimming out there and some powerful currents whipped him out to sea. They looked for him, couldn't find him. They declared he was lost at sea, but imagine the nation knew about it. His father was a mayor, and the nation knew about it, and you can imagine their surprise when 18 hours later they pulled him out of the ocean, cold and shaken but alive, 18 hours. You say, well, that brother could tread water. No, it really wasn't that he could tread water. He found a flotation device. It was a child's soccer ball. And he held on to that child's soccer ball 
and it kept him afloat for 18 hours. When they, when they got out of the water, they took pictures, of course, with him and the soccer ball, and a mom recognized it. It's the same ball her son had lost 10 days before. That ball had traveled 80 miles. Now, you can imagine when Ivan is out there, and he's shredding water, and he's yelling help, and no one's coming, and he sees that soccer ball, you can imagine that brother jumped on that thing. I'm sure he didn't go, oh, well, maybe I don't, I need something bigger. He just latched a hold of that and grabbed a hold of it, and it held him up. Listen, when it gets stormy in life, we need some words that will hold us up, and God's word is the best word to have in the middle of a storm. This is where we hear words like, he will never leave us. This is where we hear words like, he will help us. This is where we hear that he is our shepherd and we shall not want. This is words where we hear where he will guide us and instruct us. And listen, when you go through a tough time, that's when we need to hang on to the word of God, not let it go. And it is a flotation device. In the tough times, what are you holding on to? What are you, what are you grabbing? Over the years, Joy and I have looked at time after time after time. We've dealt with things in our marriage, in our children, with the church, in our finances, in our bodies. And each time we have finally gone to God's word and man, we grabbed a hold of that like a flotation device. And it kept our head above water. And we're here today because God is true, his word is powerful, and it's very real. When you go through tough times, we need a word. When you go through tough times, you need to remember who's still in the boat with you. Sometimes we get, we get in, in tough times and we're looking around like we got, we got abandoned. We did not get abandoned. Remember, he said he would never leave us or forsake us. We are, we are not forsaken. We are not on our own. He said that he would help us. We are not helpless. He said he's given us his Holy Spirit, who's not afraid of anything or anybody. First, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 7 said, For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So we're not helpless. We have to remember who's in the boat with us. Many of you remember that at the beginning of the year, actually at the end of last year, I lost my voice. And I mean, I lost it. Christmas Eve, I could only whisper. Michael had to fill in for me. And I started going to doctors. I went to a, a, a ear, nose, and throat doctor here in the Conroe area, a very good doctor. And she looked at me and gave me some medicine. When I came back, my voice had gotten worse. And they sent me down to Baylor to see a laryngologist. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a laryngologist. And I go in, and this young man comes in, and I'm like, oh, great. I know I'm having a lot of birthdays when all my doctors look like they just got out of homeroom class. And I'm... <laughs> He was a nice kid. I mean, nice guy. Well, he was, wasn't a kid. He was a doctor. And so we're talking, and I'm, I'm barely talking. I'm, I'm, I'm talking. And so he sticks this instrument down my throat, and Joy's there with me. They had it up on the screen. That is not great watching. But it's looking at my vocal cords, and they were talking about all these different things. And they said, come back in two weeks. In two weeks, we got something we're going to try that should help you. And so I hoarsely nodded yes. But in two weeks when I came back, my voice was back because I know a healer. And when, when, I, and when I walked in, I sat down. This young doctor came in and said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing a lot better. And he stepped back. He said, what happened to your voice? I said, did you forget who I work for? And he said, 
How are you going to argue with that? He's like, yes, I, I, yes, I remember who you work for. You say, well, Alan, that's great. That's wonderful. And you, but you know, you're a preacher and that works for you. No, it works for anyone who is willing to say, I belong to God. I serve God. And the same God that healed me will heal you. And the same God that delivered me will deliver you. We got to remember who we're, who's in the boat. We are not by ourselves. And so when you go through the tough times, this is not the time to start projecting a worst case scenario. Avoid the nevers. We mean the nevers. It's never going to work. It's never going to change. It's never going to get better. Avoid saying that. Stop projecting worst case. If you're going to say anything, say, Lord's helping us. So how is he going? I don't know how. I just know it. he will and I trust him. And if I trust him, he will hear me and he will deliver me from all my fears. Then here's the last one. And this is so important, guys. We have to believe that God cares about us. You know, it's one thing to, you know, when the disciples, boy, they, that's, that's where they missed it. They're like, Jesus, don't you care? Of course he cares. And I realize that, that care is such a, it's such a challenging thing. So many people out there, so many people, they say that loneliness, loneliness is one of the biggest problems that we face in America in terms of health reasons because it just has such a bad impact on people. And I thought, man, how sad it is to, if you can't look around and go, I have no one in my life that cares. This is why you need a church family because we do care and we do pray for you. But even more than that, because you can't live in church, but isn't it good to know that you've got a God who genuinely cares for you? And we have to believe that. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Casting all your care because he cares. Man, that makes all the difference in the world. If you just simply know he cares for you. Jordan and I were laughing the other day. We were talking about it in our relationship and and we were talking about how Joy is, is, is very, she has, man, she has her schedule. And I know if I want to mess with her, all I have to do is ask her to do something that's not in her schedule. <laughs> and and, and she, will, she will hesitate. And it's like, Joy, I need you to go by CVS for me. And I can hear the, uh, and, and I don't even ask her to do anything with the dog. But if there's anything that has to do with me. But here's one thing I know. If push came to shove, I know she's there. I know she's here. When I went down to Baylor, she's, I was planning on going down by myself. She's, no, I'm going with you. And she was with me through the whole time. I know she cares. But you know what I know who cares even more than that? I know God cares for me even more than Joy does. And so knowing that he cares, man, that makes all the difference in the world. You believe his, his words are powerful. You, you realize he's in the boat with you. And not only is he in the boat, he cares. Justin sings a song. We sing it as a church family. And I love it. I, I just wanted him to sing this before I close. And uh, I just, I, I love this. You're a good, good father. As he's, as he's singing the song, don't just hear words. Take this personally. He cares about you. Justin. Oh, I heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I heard the tender whisper of love, the dead of night and the tell. 
ballast in the keel. It's weighted. And what a keel does is it keeps the boat, when the winds blow, it keeps the boat from just going all over the place. And the, the weight in it keeps the boat from capsizing. The boat doesn't turn over. I thought, you know, really that's for those of us who put our trust in God. That's like our keel. Man, we get in life and the winds blow and the waves come in. But we've got a keel and we're not blown all over the place. And we're certainly not capsizing. We're going over to the other side. We're going to make it. Amen. And because of our faith and trust in him, as you trust in him, that he'll hear us. He'll deliver us. He'll help us through the tough times. Would you bow your head with me just for a moment? That trust starts with a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who died for us on the cross. It's Jesus who gave his life for us and God raised him from the dead. And simply by believing that, you enter into a relationship with God that's so special, so vast, so, so gives us a chance to grow and develop like never before. But it also becomes the keel of our life and keeps us steady till we reach the other side. Sends are bowed and eyes are closed if you came today and said, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord or I'm not sure. Or maybe you're, you can say, you know what, I used to walk with the Lord and I've gotten so far away from him. I know I need him back in my life. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. But this prayer is for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, Alan, I, I want in on this. Would you, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just quickly and say, would you 
Pray for Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. You know, we maybe you didn't lift your hand and you really wanted to, but you're thinking, man, I want in on this. This is a this is a heart thing. God sees hands, He sees hearts. So we're going to pray this with you. If you're watching online, take a moment. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud with us. If you're with others, pray it quietly. If you're here in this auditorium, pray it with us. You say, well, maybe I, I, I don't need this prayer. Yeah, but you're supporting someone who does. And you'd be surprised who's sitting beside you. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, if head's still bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who have stepped out of spiritual darkness into the light, for those who've come back home. We rejoice with them at the great things that you have for them. They're your creation, your worksmanship. You've created them for good things. And Father, for the rest of us, for those, I pray for those who are going through a tough time. Could be family, could be sickness, could be this mental anguish and pressure. So many different things in life can blow hard winds our way. But Lord, I thank you that you will never leave them or forsake them, that you'll be with us all the time and you will help us get to the other side. We rejoice in that. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.